If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. to you and welcome to CBS This Morning. It's Wednesday, also known as Hump Day, June 9th, 2021. I'm Gail King. That's Anthony Mason. That's Tony DeCoble. Let's go. We begin with this. President Biden leaves the White House on his first international trip since taking office, hoping to show the world that America is different with him in charge. His schedule includes meetings with allies from the G7 countries, a visit with Queen Elizabeth, and a face-to-face meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Weijia Zhang is at the White House. Weijia, how's the president been preparing for this trip? Good morning, Anthony. His press secretary says that President Biden has been preparing for 50 years for this trip, and in many ways, he has. First as the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and then as vice president. But now it is his turn to set the agenda. The president will kick off his trip by meeting with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Thursday before attending the G7 summit in Cornwall, England. It'll be the first time the leaders of the world's largest economies will meet face-to-face since the pandemic began. Mr. Biden has stressed he wants to renew America's commitment to allies after his predecessor sparred openly with them. His goal to rally the world's democracies on issues like the pandemic, climate change, and countering China. He and the First Lady will then visit Queen Elizabeth at Windsor Castle on Sunday before heading to Brussels for the NATO summit. The agenda there is expected to include defense spending, cybersecurity, and Russian aggression. Mr. Biden will cap off the trip Wednesday with his first in-person meeting with Putin since becoming president. Now, his advisors say that is not about delivering deals, but rather setting boundaries with Russia on everything from those cyber attacks we've been seeing to its nuclear program. Anthony? Weijia, the president's leaving just as talks with Republicans uh, on an infrastructure deal fell apart yesterday. Why did the president walk away from those negotiations? The two sides just couldn't reach a deal when it came to the scope of a package and how to pay for it. The White House wanted to invest $1 trillion of new investments in the measure, but the GOP only offered about $330 billion. The president wanted to change the corporate tax rates to help foot the bill, while Republicans hoped to repurpose unspent COVID-19 aid. Now a group of bipartisan, bipartisan senators will try to hammer out a proposal of their own and President Biden plans to keep in touch with them by phone while he's in Europe. Anthony? Weijia, thank you very much. And as the president heads overseas, Vice President Kamala Harris is back in Washington after her trip to Mexico and Guatemala. She met with Mexico's president and others to talk about the root causes of the immigration crisis, but she faces criticism from both parties on Capitol Hill. Ed O'Keefe is just back from Guatemala City. He was with the vice president. Ed, good morning to you. So why the incoming for Vice President Harris from 
the Republicans and the Democrats. Now, good morning, Gail. Immigration is a sensitive subject on both sides of the border and here in Washington on both sides of the aisle. It's been her big focus ever since the president assigned her to take it on in March. On this trip, the vice president announced new plans to tackle illegal border crossings and took on issues like drug trafficking and political corruption. But some critics say she's ignoring what they think is the most important issue, the border itself. We need to prioritize what's happening at the border, and we have to prioritize why people are going to the border. At a press conference Tuesday night in Mexico, Vice President Harris said she will visit the U.S. border with Mexico in the future. I think it's short-sighted to suggest we're only going to respond to the reaction as opposed to addressing the cause. Harris hasn't been to the border since the president tasked her with handling the increasing number of migrants. Journalists repeatedly questioned her about this on her trip. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. Republican critics like Texas Senator John Cornyn called her out for skipping the stop. She hasn't even been to our southern border. She hasn't visited the facilities where tens of thousands of migrant children have been cared for. Biden administration officials defended and clarified Harris's work. Her assignment was to work with countries and leaders in the Northern Triangle to address root causes, address corruption, uh, ensure we're working together to address humanitarian concerns. But the vice president's message to migrants wanting to come to the U.S. Do not come. Was also criticized by some fellow Democrats. New York's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called those comments disappointing, saying we can't help set someone's house on fire and then blame them for fleeing. Look, this issue of whether or not to go to the border is rooted in pure politics. The GOP knows Harris remains a popular rival and may one day run for president herself. The vice president, for her part, viewed the trip as a success, and she did demonstrate an ability to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with world leaders. But her inability to more quickly bat away a criticism from GOP critics clouded the focus of the trip. All of this, Tony, yet another reminder of how hard it will be to achieve consensus on the issue of immigration. And meanwhile, there are millions of lives in the balance. Ed, thank you very much. We are learning new details this morning about an unprecedented global sting operation. Law enforcement officials say Operation Trojan Shield dealt a major blow against international crime, even preventing dozens of murders. Jeff Begays has more. This morning, more than 800 criminals across 16 countries have been arrested in an unprecedented sting operation. Law enforcement seized over 30 tons of drugs, some hidden in everything from pineapples to cans of tuna fish, 250 firearms, luxury cars, and nearly $50 million in cash and cryptocurrency. The FBI says Operation Trojan Shield also disrupted more than 150 planned killings. The amount of intelligence that we received was staggering. The historic operation was made possible by an app called Anim designed by the FBI to lure suspects from the shadows. The agency made 12,000 devices with the Anim software available on the black market, advertising them as secure, encrypted devices. The criminals using these devices believe they were secretly planning crimes far beneath the radar of law enforcement. But in reality, the criminals were not underneath the radar. They were on it. The FBI was monitoring those conversations. While the criminals messaged each other, they were unknowingly sending carbon copies of their communications to law enforcement. On Enem, criminal communicated in 45 languages about things like trafficking in drugs, arms and explosive, ATM gas attacks, armed robberies, and last but not least, contract killings. 
Over 18 months, law enforcement intercepted more than 27 million messages, the vast majority related to criminal activity like drug trafficking and murder plots. The very devices that the criminals used to hide their crimes were actually a beacon for law enforcement. A beacon for law enforcement that is now shut down. Investigators were asked yesterday, well, why go public with this encrypted device if it's working for law enforcement and against the criminals? Well, investigators told us that they believe if needed, they can create another device like that. Anthony, they say they just want to keep the criminals guessing. Staggering operation, Jeff. Thank you very much. President Biden's top medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is out with an urgent new warning saying more Americans need to be vaccinated to stop a dangerous COVID strain. The Delta variant was first detected in India and is now the dominant strain in Britain. Delta is thought to be more contagious and deadlier than other COVID strains. It's responsible for more than 6% of new cases in the U.S., where the average number of new vaccinations has now fallen below 1 million a day. The Biden administration is pushing to have 70% of the adult population get at least one shot by July 4th. Right now, only 51% of U.S. have done so. We have an update on a story we first brought you back in March. It's about a young woman who disappeared in London on her way home from a night out. Sarah Everhart's murder prompted a nationwide debate over violence, harassment, and abuse of women. Roxana Siberi is near the crime scene with new developments on this story. Roxana, good morning to you. Good morning, Gail. Everard was walking home through a populated area near here after leaving a friend's house one evening. She had just finished speaking to her boyfriend on the phone to make plans for the next day when she vanished. Her body was found a week later, 50 miles outside London. Now, police officer Wayne Cousins has pleaded guilty to kidnapping and raping her. In court yesterday, he also accepted responsibility for her death. Everard's killing ignited widespread grief and the seemingly everyday nature of her actions on the night of her disappearance sparked outrage about women's safety in Britain, with many women speaking out about their own experiences of being harassed and assaulted. That outcry was clear at one vigil here that had been banned because of COVID restrictions. Clashes erupted when police tried to break up the gathering and arrested several women. The police response sparked protests and condemnation in the days that followed. One newspaper here is quoting London's chief of police as saying, London is one of the safest large cities in the world and that female officers are now patrolling this area with help from the public. Still, many women from all walks of life say more needs to be done. Tony? Roxana Saberi for us in London. Roxana, thank you very much. A bombshell report by ProPublica reveals just how little the wealthiest Americans have been paying in taxes. ProPublica obtained more than 15 years of never-before-seen IRS information about the 25 richest Americans and found that sometimes they paid little or no federal income taxes. That includes Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, and Michael Bloomberg. Also, Jeff Bezos, who is now the richest person in America. He paid no, zero, zip, zilch federal income tax in 2007 and then again in 2011. We reached out to all of them but have not heard back. Buffett and Bloomberg did respond to ProPublica saying that they support an increase in taxes on the wealthy and that they donate much of their wealth uh, to charity. Now, we should make clear that none of the things that these men did is illegal, which is actually part of the scandal here. And the IRS says it is now investigating the source of the leaked documents 
Remains to be seen if Congress will take a look. Jesse Isinger wrote the article along with a colleague, and he joins us now to talk about it more. Uh, Jesse, you write in the piece that this explodes a cornerstone myth of America, that idea that we all pay our, our fair share. How were these wealthy Americans able to avoid something as basic as a federal income tax? Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. So what we wrote about is exactly that, that the super wealthy, the ultra wealthy are completely out of the system. Most of us have salaries and the taxes get extracted out of the salaries. We are in the American tax system. But the way the super wealthy work, the Jeff Bezos's and the Elon Musk's of the world, their way their wealth builds, they are outside of the system. So their wealth builds up and it's under taxed and then only it's taxed when they sell they choose when to take income sometimes they don't take income at all they don't take wages and uh, it's only taxed mm -hmm. when they sell and they often don't sell they borrow to fund their lifestyle so for the average American sitting at home they get paid on a Friday the federal government is very good about taking money out of that check but not so good it sounds like exactly. taking money out of the overall wealth and assets the stock the homes the cars the art the yachts you name it of super wealthy americans is that the basic picture of things that's the basic picture exactly so warren buffett takes very very little income and he only pays 10 cents for every hundred dollars that his income grows. The average American making 60 or $70,000 a year, they pay 14%. So they're paying $14 of every hundred dollars that's coming in. So it's a completely different picture for the wealthy. The wealthy take very little income. Even that income is taxed very low at low rates, lower than someone making $45,000. But the bigger picture here is that the whole world of their wealth, what confers their power, what they're able to contribute to uh, political campaigns, charity, uh, what get, enables them to keep control of their companies, that's untouched by the tax system. So Carl Eichen, who's a multi-billionaire, uh, he's an investor, he responded to questions from you guys at ProPublica and he said, look, it's called an income tax. I may have billions in the bank or through this uh, wealth, but I didn't get any income, so why should I pay taxes? What's the response to that? Yeah, it's pretty uh, astonishing uh, admission. I enjoyed talking to Carl uh, about that. And he's exactly right. We're writing about the system that doesn't tax um, this kind of wealth. Now, take Carl, for example. He had hundreds of million, half a billion dollars of income in 2016, 2017, income by the IRS definition. But then what happens is Carl Icahn's business is his personal uh, fortune and his personal income taxes, his business income taxes, it's all mixed together. So he borrows a huge amount of money to invest in companies, and that gives him leverage and explodes his returns. And then he pays interest on that. He gets to deduct that interest. So that half a billion dollars of income got wiped out from the interest payments. In other words, you and I and all the taxpayers in America are helping Carl Icahn borrow so that he can have better returns in the stock market. Yeah, you know, people should know if you add up all the wealth in America, make it one big old pie, the super wealthy are getting most of those pieces. The rest of us are getting fractions of a slice and the bottom fifth of our society are getting crumbs or actually they have zero pie. They're, oh, they owe pie. They're in debt.
Uh, Jesse Eisinger, this is a yeah. landmark piece of reporting from ProPublica. It's the first in a series you guys are going to be doing. I look forward to each and every entry. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.